Hello, Tilters. Hey, Marnie. What's up? Hey, guys. Welcome back. Now, today we're tilting into a super rad combo with Miguel Pedrafita. Now, just before we tilt into the good stuff, a quick memo. Please subscribe to Super Tilt, the podcast from wherever you're listening right now. And if you're feeling generous, flick us a five-star review as it's super helpful in bumping up the pod and getting it in more listeners' ears. Also, share this episode or any other episodes that you're vibing with because it's a lovely way to support us and the pod and all the time and effort that goes into crafting this audio journey. We adore having these enriching conversations and sharing them with you. So please share the love right back. Mm-hmm. Now, we were super damn delighted to chat to Miguel from his current home base in the Asturias region in Northern Spain. Miguel Pietrofita is a 19-year-old maker who's currently working as founding engineer at Showtime, a social network for crypto art, aka NFTs. He's a relentless builder and has so many side projects, it's definitely hard to keep up. He loves helping onboard mainstream folks to the world of Web3 and at the end of the day, ultimately wants to work and hang out with people he loves. Love that sentiment. Love this interview. Let's dive in. Hola. Kia ora, everyone. Hey, listeners. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Super Tilt, the podcast. And today, in this mañana, we are dropping in with Miguel, who is actually all the way over in Spain right now, right up the tip, tippy top. And Miguel is... Miguel is an amazing person that we met on the interwebs through the Web3 space. And he's a 19-year-old maker who loves creating dope, fun stuff and is just boosting, boosting in the blockchain arena at the moment. So welcome, Miguel. Welcome. (laughs) Hey, no problem. So good to have you here. And... Thank you for taking the time because you are a busy builder at the moment, aren't you? You've got a shit ton going on and you're tweeting about it and sharing it so we can see like in real time just how how full on and busy you are. Mm, And you're currently a founding engineer at Showtime, new social network for crypto art, aka NFTs. So that's popping. Maybe if you could start by Mm. telling us a little bit about how you fell down the rabbit hole and got into the web3 space yeah so basically i had been coding for a while now like i started coding when i was like around 10 or 11 and so i had like some experience with coding was I this self-taught been... miguel when you started yeah. when at the age of 10 wow okay amazing yeah and like i had been building i was like more confident on building products i have launched a few apps And then I suddenly, around like January or February, I started seeing all my timeline, start talking about NFTs like on one weekend, randomly. (laughs) And this is like, when I tell it, it's not like a conventional story, it's more like a coincidence, because it also happened to me that I, I had been learning to use Blender, the 3D design tool. I had started last summer and then I left it after a week and a half and then just recently like a week before i had decided to restart that and to do like a one one design every day like the daily render challenge so what happened was i was seeing nfts pop up and then randomly some people started putting cabbages on their twitter usernames (laughs) and i was like "Uh, what is this i had no idea what it was but i thought it was funny so i i joined them without knowing who they were (laughs) and i also joined their telegram group and they made all this meme around cabbages and also some cabbage nfts and they made the first one and then it turns out that one of the persons uh, one of the people in that group which was paris which i think has been here or will be i hope i'm not leaking future hosts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what, one of the people from the Cabbage group was on another Telegram group that I had joined to share all the 3D stuff. And so that person saw all the renders that I was doing, just like daily, just to exercise. 
and invited me to join them and make some cabbages. And so I, I kind of got in the group as a 3D artist, kind of, which is funny because I had been doing it since a, since like a week and a half. <laughs> oh my God. And then they started like, oh, the that group was uh, full of really, really cool people, including Alex, who is now my boss. Yeah. And they, they started talking more about all this Web3 and Ethereum stuff. I started like listening. It was also really great because I started reading more about it. But if I had any questions, you could always go in there and ask them. And they were like, it was full of really, really smart people. And yeah, and then slowly they started doing a few coding projects, like a site that shows like the cost of minting on different platforms and stuff like that. Mm, and I joined that. XYZ, right? Yeah. Shout out, pump my guess. Woo! Yeah, it's a really, really great domain name. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I slowly got more into like the rabbit hole just by... Uh, following more people who were doing interesting stuff that was linked in there. So that was like the source. Me changing my Twitter name as a joke to a cabbage emoji and then happening to have started doing 3D art a week before. Amazing. Incredible. It just shows the absolute acceleration that can happen. Like if you put your mind to it right now, anything's possible and it's all open source, right? Which is the key right on. So Considering, yeah, the Blender smash up with Cabbage, Cabbage has been a really amazing community, actually. And, and Blaze and I have found heaps of value mm -hmm, out, mm -hmm. of, out of learning and sharing and discussing and pinging. And wow, it's, it's been, it's just a rad, a rad telegram group showing the power yeah. of quick, quick movements. And it doesn't need to be a DAO, as I think Paris just tweeted, actually. It's like, <laughs> not every group chat needs to be a DAO, guys. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. There's not that much to DAOify there. Still mm. a really cool group though. Mm. So okay, DAOs aside, or maybe not aside. What out of everything excites you the most about Web three at the moment? Hmm. I mean, I'm still kind of wowed by smart contracts as a technical thing. Just like me coming from traditional Web two coding and then coming up uh, finding this concept and i'm still like re discovering all the cool things that you can do with them aside from that nfts are going to really blow up much more that they have just as like not an art thing but like a general purpose thing and then also daos i've been i've been seeing recently there was party dao which i uh, contributed to who just sprang by in oh, like cool. an hour and they started yes. building all the this all this really cool software, and then mm -hmm. also recently the Cabin DAO or Creator DAO. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure, which I also in a nutshell. What what is Cabin DAO to to the listeners out here who are like, what the heck? Are you making a house? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's basically a group of people who have a cabin, and they are they made a crowdfund to fund having artists come to the house for months to just make art. Hmm. Oh, and they, I don't know what the crowdfund is at right now, but they were close to the goal, which is like to pay for a year of all expenses for everyone that comes there. So I think it's a really, really interesting project. And it comes to show all the really, really cool things. Like for, for me, Party Dao and Kevin and Kevin Dao are like two opposite examples of the same idea, which is like you can have an idea. You can make this kind of organization that is like, in my opinion, the most optimized to quickly execute on an idea. And then just get together with a group of people, start building, uh, build something really quickly, launch it and have it be a thing before you can even finish to think how cool it would be if, if that were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Iteration is perfection. Don't stagnate. <laughs> keep, keep iterating. Wow. Cool. I mean, also in terms of like how you've been able to rapidly onboard yourself and i think you've tweeted quite a bit about this but were there some firstly were there some key people aside from from cabbage or were there some key experiences like your like your twitch live stream that you did that that have really reinforced i guess what it's like to onboard as a fresh person to the space yeah so for me it was like there were some key people but it was mostly the people in the cabbage group. Like Paris was amazing and is still amazing, obviously. And also Alex, 
those are mostly like the main people i would say there's also a lot more there's ian there's manu there's a lot of people but mostly alex and paris i would say and also nico who kind of got started kind of like me on the ethereum space and yeah and just in general like i like I said, I had been coding for a while, so all this experience of just like going around self-learning a subject, I kind of had that. And just like having this group of people that I could go in and ask. And I like together, I think they know every single person on the space, <laughs> which is <laughs> quite impressive. And it also meant like if I had a question about anything, most of the times if I didn't get the answer for them, I could go and ask the founder or the creator of that thing which is really, mm. really amazing if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, just direct to the source, eh? Mm. It's incredible. Yeah, it's like you can't really... If you have a question about, I don't know, YouTube, you can go and ask the Google the Google CEO about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But with these things, like if I have a question about how all this DeFi works, how all this DeFi stuff works, which is something that I've been looking into recently because I didn't actually know that much about DeFi, I, I actually asked the founder of Aave, and he just can answer. And he's actually in the Cabbage group as well. So that's really mind-blowing that you can have access to these people and they are willing to answer questions. Yeah, so true. So true. I I wonder, Miguel, how you perceive, therefore, like your growing, burgeoning posse of internet friends. Have you felt maybe a bit more disconnected from your real life or, or your I don't know, old world friends <laughs> versus your Web3 friends? Is this is there some kind of tension there? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the meme, right? Like crypto people don't sleep and also don't have friends because <laughs> we are all the time <laughs> on the computer. But yeah, I like at the start, I really, like especially with the cabbage people, because like we were, I got into the office and we basically were on an around call all day, just like working on 3D stuff and dropping in to see what everyone else was doing. And that was really, really nice. But it was true. Like for me personally, I actually started the year by going to university in the UK because that oh, wow. seemed like a good idea until coronavirus and then mm-hmm. coronavirus. And then it wasn't a great idea to be in the UK anymore, especially in a university campus when pe- <laughs> where people like to no party. Way and ignore a global pandemic. And so <laughs> I came what back. What were you studying, by the way, Miguel? What was your uh, philosophy. Course? Nice. Mm, cool. Okay. And so I came back, and so that that also contributed to, like, the disconnect from all the people that I knew here because I, like, I, I had gone away and also not talked that much to them because I ha- was, like, with doing my own things in there. And so I mm. came back, and also the Web3 stuff, it was great because I went from like not being not really talking to that much people to talking to people during the day like a lot of people just like not in real life and then like i actually i tweeted the other day that i that i was feeling actually like kind of disconnected like for real like i know this is this is a problem and now i'm actually trying to take the steps towards actually fixing that and getting back to uh being more connected with real people (laughs) i mean real Mm -hmm. world people which mm. is which is nice, I guess. We cool. should all do that from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> Good reflections. It is it is important to have the face to face interactions, despite the yeah. the epicness of the crypto community that is online. Mm. Yeah. And also I managed to have my girlfriend listen to me talking about crypto for three hours, so now I can also talk about crypto <laughs> stuff with her. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's a badass. I mean, I actually, is it is this Anna? Yeah. Cool. And you could guys could be collaborating together because she's an artist, isn't she? Yeah, she has been doing some digital art now that she has an iPad. And so ideally she will mint at some point and we'll see that. Beautiful. But yeah, it was like, like the idea was basically... Let's create a resource that can accelerate people that don't have all the connections that I had. But it was also kind of like a selfish, I need someone in real life to talk crypto to. Let's get one person mm-hmm. and like have uh, her socially pressured to listen to me. <laughs> well, I, okay, now you're making me really want to look at this Twitch, the whole live stream experiment. And I I feel like you want to make it into something a bit more consumable because, you know, sitting down to three hours is a bit daunting for some for some people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm still like, the thing is, I got a job 
And then I thought I've always, like all of this has always been my hobby. And now I got a, I got a job and I need like a hobby. And it's all also going to be coding, obviously, because it's me. But like I was, I wanted like something to, to fixate my time on, like to spend my time in. And like, I like to have like projects that actually finish. So I was mm -hmm. like deciding from a few things. And one of these things was like, let's create a really good resource so that people, like not actually like uh, Web3 people or Web2 people or coders. That's like, I feel like you can do that on your own if you have yeah. the enough energy. I think like mm -hmm. we need a resource for people like like my friends. Yeah, let's, mm -hmm. Just like real world teenagers who use Instagram and TikTok and not really anything much else of technology. Just to get them understanding and interested into this web3 world and so i wanted to make like a stream instead of just like i don't know writing a blog post or anything because i feel it's like first of all it's like easier to me to actually concentrate on the audience that i want to address because i had it in front of me also if if my like my my control group which was my girlfriend has any questions she can like stop me there and ask and also like especially when we were talking about like decentralized finance she pushed back a lot like why is this necessary mm -hmm. want this create chaos and so that's interesting both for me to actually get my thoughts in order to explain that but also for yeah. in general for the resource because i feel like if you're having a resource that leaves questions unanswered especially for something like this it isn't great and so the original plan was to basically do the stream, edit it into like bite-sized pieces and just upload it to Europe, or, to Europe or something. It's three hours, so I don't know what will come out of that. I also have uh, some other ideas on what I could do. Like basically, uh, the other option is I just keep doing it every now and then, just get a mm -hmm. different friend every time, explain it, then look back at the recording, see what I could have explained better and just improve the explanation for the next time until I kind of become the resource, actually. Like, I just mm. gained gain this instinct on how to explain crypto to GNC, which is also interesting, I think. So I'm still figuring out what to do with that. Awesome. Yes, we're all about onboarding those who are curious about the space, mm. but there's so many barriers. And I'd love to know, Miguel, what do you think the biggest challenges are for newbies to onboard into the crypto space? What UX, UI branding challenges do you see are the biggest? I mean, I feel it's not like an issue of branding. It's like Rainbow or Foundation and all these new platforms are doing a great job of, at actually making stuff user-friendly. I think it's more of an issue of you actually have a few concepts that you need to understand before, or you're probably going to screw up at some point and have something that can't be reversible and happen. And just in general, like, I think the thing about Web3 is that it's, it's not just what it enables. A part of what it enables, part of the importance of Web3 is knowing how it works. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, like, even if we had new generation uh, tools that went mainstream that use Web3, I don't think we are done until people understand what is Web3 and why it's important that these apps are using it. And so I think like the main blocker right now is like the user experience part of crypto was awful. Now it's better. I would even say great for some sites. We need to work on explaining this and explaining this in a sense that someone who has been like someone who's who's using TikTok and Instagram and only uses their computer to write essays for school on Word and to play video games can understand why this is important and how this works think like th that's the main challenge yeah. that we have right now so true so true well okay how does that relate to your one of your projects around gen z mafia yeah so gen z mafia is actually a community of really really cool people mostly in san francisco but uh, slowly it has been like growing which basically is it's a discord group where people on the generation c can join and then we just chat and it's like we hold firesides with really, really cool people. We we had Justin Khan. We had, I don't actually know that many names. I had like my notes from those. But it's like a really cool group to know, to get to know cool people. A few people have like managed to start startups and race and everything just like launching from there. So it's a really cool group. The Mafia is actually one of the reasons why I actually started seeing all the NFT stuff on my timeline uh, suddenly. 
like the people mm-hmm. who were actually sharing that were, were the people that I had known on Gen Mafia and met there and actually started following after that. So that I guess they also have part of the credit. Totally. It shows you actually how powerful the algo is in terms of like maybe changing your life course based on what tweets it feeds you, based on who you follow, based on, you know, mm-hmm. it's all a, it's a big domino effect. Really. And speaking of life path shifts, I'd love to find out more about your journey with Showtime and how that manifested and how you became a key team member for Showtime. Yeah, so I decided I wanted to get a job. Like the university thing obviously wasn't working out. And so it was either get a job or continue doing my own projects. And I thought, I've been doing my own projects for like a few years now. I want to try something new. And then I said, uh, let's try to get a job. And I actually got way more interest than I expected, like people, like founders of projects reaching out to me. But I ended up going with Showtime because aside from being a great project, which has like a, still a, a lot of room to go, it's super early, which I think it's interesting because like I can grow and learn with with Alex. Like Alex is from France. He's also like European. He recently moved to San Francisco and he's also like learning how to make startups basically. And so I thought that aside from all the incredible Web3 knowledge that he has and the incredible product that he is, I will also take the opportunity to actually get some knowledge on how to uh, you run a startup and how you start a startup. Mm-hmm. Joining at, and also like in general, Alex is, I think, 20-something. The other Alex, which is his, his co-founder, is also 20-something. Uh, I'm 19. I think I work better in a team that moves at my speed and like I can just understand people better and relate to them better. So that was also one of the big factors because like there, from all the offers that I got, which were really, really great, most of them were like a real adult-driven <laughs> startups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is what more of like a Gen Z startup, which is really cool. Completely. It's so cool. It's so cool. As a fellow Gen Zer myself, I'm super excited to see what you're doing as a young team and how you're creating waves in a space that is largely a lot older. Yes. Yes. And not, not letting any ageism hold you back. And... I guess the fast movement of the industry means you guys have kind of got to be ready for, for anything. But like right now, where would you hope to see Showtime in like a year or yeah, like 2022? So there are a few things there that I, I'm really excited to talk about, but I can't. So okay. sorry for that. <laughs> but I would say I think it's going to grow really, really, like it's just going to grow a lot and turn into something much bigger than I think anyone can right now see from <laughs> from what Showtime is and what... Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you look at Showtime and, and see, like, where do I, do I think these guys could take Showtime and, and, like, how can I see that in a year? I think you're going to be surprised with what we have in mind. And that's all that I can answer for that, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Well, it kind of doesn't loop back a bit to your earlier point about, well, you know, all the other Gen Zs around me are just on TikTok and IG and that's all they care about right now. And it's a lot of it is virtue signaling or social signaling and like who's got the most kind of visual cred. So I guess it's like essentially is Showtime, would you say, feeding into that kind of uh, visual ego piece of Gen Zs? I mean, I would say yes, in a sense, but also no. Like, I think one of the big difference between Showtime and all of the Web3 projects and also the Web2 projects is that we are not just trying to, like, rebuild old apps on a new web. Like, we are not just doing Instagram for NFTs. We are trying to come up with new concepts and encourage more healthier relationships with the platform, more healthier business models even. Like, I think there's a reason why you don't see a lot of crypto platforms with ads, which is that Mm. the platform doesn't really need to make money from users. It needs to help the users make money and, like, share the the value and all of those things. 
And so I think regarding to what you were saying about like all this virtue signaling that comes with Gen Z and every other generation, to be honest, I think we're going to, as we move into Web3 platforms, I think we're going to see like an attempt to move from that. Just like, because like there's a really cool thing with Web3 people, which is like they really think about the incentives of everything they are doing. And when Facebook developed all these things, they didn't like they didn't have the user in mind. I think that's clear now. <laughs> and so I think like there's room for a new generation to actually think, line the incentives good so everything can everyone can be have a great time, have the company be sustainable, but also like have a healthy relationship with the company, with the application, all these things that were left overlooked and even like exploited users on the older web. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Love that. Love that thinking, like just the thoughtfulness around incentive design and how we reframe our interactions. And it actually reminds me of one of your projects. I think it was called Auralite, a new social network for the future, which was from what I could gather all around, like trying to combat addiction or like combat the hook of social yeah, so that, I actually missed that. That was one of the other uh, reasons why I joined Showtime. I Last summer, I decided that I, w I wanted to make a social network on my own, which like big lasted, deal. Big deal. <laughs> lasted like a month uh, uh, before I actually, uh, like a month and a half, before I actually discovered that that is not something that you can just quickly do on your own. I actually got pretty far. Mm. Like if you look at the wow. prototype, it's basically... Most of the things you see on Twitter are, are there, except retweets. Like mm -hmm. there's posting feeds, profiles, cross-posting to Twitter, even all these things. Basically, my idea was there are all these problems with the all um, social networks, which are mostly due to misaligned incentives. Like the the mm. the Twitter doesn't really work for its users as much as it works for the advertisers, which are like the real users in a sense. Because those are the ones that get the company money. So what I said was, let's try to make a social network which is paid, so there's no incentive. So like there's an incentive to actually improve it for the users because they are the ones that are paying for it. And then let's also try to associate it to an identity. So you actually need to use the new Stripe identity service to mm -hmm. scan your government ID or passport and prove you were a real person. And like that information didn't really show up, obviously. I mean, your name did show up, but like the information didn't really show up. And the idea was, aside from the incentives for the company being more aligned with the users, the incentives of the users are like, you can really, like my, my thesis here was basically, it's not the solution to our problems, but I think most of the, or some of the harassment and all these things come from users being anonymous and not having their profiles associated with their entity. So the idea was let's let's try to change these two things. Also, like build closer to the standards of the web. Like the, let's use RSS, open APIs. The front end was actually open source, so everyone could use it and build their own clients. And and yeah, and let's see where we get from doing that and trying to build kind of like a Twitter-like platform. Mm. And I actually fi figured out it wasn't quite an easy problem. There's a lot of issues with identity. There's people who can't reveal your identity. There are people who change gender and then change their real names. And so they, are, they don't match the ones on, on their ID. And also mm -hmm. uh, having people pay for a social network is a great recipe, recipe for not having any kind of diversity because most people can't afford it, which was one of the biggest problems of the whole thing. And so when I actually came across uh, Web3, and Showtime, I thought like, maybe this is another way to achieve what I was thinking about. Because you have all the all these concepts, like your account being tied to an identity. It's not like an identity tied to your re regular person necessarily, but it's like a, an identity that follows you across the web. And also there's a concept of like actually aligning the interests of the company with the interest of the users with tokens or whatever, uh, instead of just like using ads or something like that. So that, that is one of the other reasons why I'm really excited about Web3 and why I made a social network. <laughs> Amazing. And on that note of online social identities and how we can craft our online persona, you have made your own token, the Miguel token. What made you 
take the leap into making a creator token. Yeah, so I think creator tokens are one of the things that are going to absolutely explode, like mm -hmm. even bigger than NFTs. I've heard from people on pretty big companies that are thinking of ways of using them and ways of doing really cool things with them. And also all the really cool things that uh, Rack and all these musicians and artists and just in general, online personas and creators are doing with them are really, really cool. And so I wanted to make my own, mostly as an experiment. Like Alex actually uh, managed to raise, I think it was $20,000, I could be wrong, to yeah. go to San Francisco and start Showtime. And that was like kind of his experiment. He was one of the first pe persons to, of the first people to do it. I didn't want to like do it to raise money. I think like that's boring now. I wanted to see, like, I wanted to have something that I can experiment with and stuff like, I, I mentioned before that I'm like looking into what the best use of my free time is now. And the plan for that is I have three options. I'm kind of exploring a, a, all of those independently to make sure that it's something that interests me. And when that's done, I'm going to hold a governance vote and have people decide on what I'm going to spend oh, wow. the few next months <laughs> of my time on and stuff like that. I feel like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because cool. most of the people create a coin and it's just like a game of speculation, right? And to me, that's really boring. That's that's kind of like a zero-sum game. Some people make uh, money, other people lose money, and that's about it. And maybe if you get enough memeing and hype, you become rich at the cost of other people not becoming rich. So that's boring. That's kind of exploiting people. I think that that's a controversial point, maybe. But I think... The cool thing about creator tokens is that uh, you can give them value by doing something else that isn't money. Like, for example, Friends with Benefits is a really great example of this. You can get uh, 60 yes. Friends with Benefits token, tokens, mm -hmm. you get access to the community, and you... I mean, you aren't paying them directly because you don't burn the tokens, but you are contributing to their market cap and stuff. But still, you are not getting money out of that. You are not... I mean, the the price of the coin may go up and down, but that's not really the point of it. The point of it is you get access to this amazing community that is, in my opinion, worth way more than I paid for. And so stuff like that, stuff like, okay, so maybe you think I, I actually... I'm a productive person that can make cool stuff, and so you get to decide why what I should work on. I feel like that's something that i mean alex kind of did it with the control my life stuff but it was more of like a hobby thing like what should i what should my hobby be for the next month and obviously the internet made him run five kilometers a day because why would you let the internet decide on your personal life <laughs> and there was another <laughs> Wait, uh, guy he, he had to run five kilometers a day yeah so basically all oh. these and I actually learned this the other day, all these off-chain voting things where you actually sign a message instead of submitting a transaction, that didn't exist until Alex thought of it with like Austin Griffin, which is this really oh, yeah. uh, smart guy who does a lot of like decentralized applications, starter kits and stuff. And so they got together and figured out a way to do governance voting without the with, with signatures. And so the first example of that was a poll that he made for Alex token holders where they could vote on what he would do for the next uh, month. And I think the options was like go vegetarian for a month, run five kilometers a day, survive only on crypto. And I don't really remember the other one, but it was like some really crazy stuff. And he just <laughs> wow. said, okay, so anyone, anyone who holds that token can vote and they made him run five kilometers a day. Not bad. And That's I a great think... outcome. I mean, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm mean, sure Alex was quite pretty healthy after that month. I mean, he was pretty healthy, but like if they if they did that to me, I would be angry. Because <laughs> I don't like Brian. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. <laughs> like there was another uh, another guy, I think. Like I read it on Alex's article where he announced this thing that actually hold a governance vote on whether he should marry his girlfriend. Oh, wow. Oh, God. That's getting hectic. Wow, what if they and did with, so, that with you and Anna? What would you do? <laughs> I mean, we are teenagers, so, like, that would be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
mm-hmm. just in general i think like there's an opportunity for people like me who like for years my thing has been like i start new projects almost every week some of them die that day some of them die a week after some of the of them last eight months and i actually launched them and they became like one of the my main things and so like i have way too many things that i would like to work on and the thing is like i could just do a poll but the thing about a poll is like there's no it's still not a game of incentives because like you can vote whatever you have no incentive to actually think about it like some people will other people will just click on something random and so something like this i feel it's more aligned because like you are technically contributing to me by getting my coin even though i don't really plan on like like selling any of mine to get some money at least for now because like that's Mm -hmm. not something that i need and i think like that kind of breaks the idea of the experiment it's something of like the idea of a currency that is backed not by money, but by like reputation. It's something really interesting. I've been thinking about some really, really cool things that you could do with them. There are a lot of apps like there that are doing like token gating. Like you write an article and only people who hold X of your token can do a, can read the article. I think Friends with Benefits is doing that now for weekly recaps and oh. stuff like that. I think like it's a really, really interesting space that we have just started to see. and. I wanted to do to create my own token to actually be able to play with it every because like once you have the token you can just build anything around it really. And also I wanted to learn to write smart contracts and I I wrote that one by hand instead of like using any of these services that are you to create a token. I made it myself and then that was like the first solidity that I wrote. So it's also cool. Cool. Wow. Radical learning streams going on here. This is it's really inspiring to hear just how quickly how quickly you're moving on this. So, okay, we've, we've, that's 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 really juicy around the whole creator token ecosystem and I wonder yeah, it's as you say it's hard to know exactly how big it's going to be but but arguably creator tokens could have more of an impact than NFTs. Who knows? It's kind of like an open open space right now and friends with benefits fwb i remember being part of that at the beginning and then kind of being gifted some tokens and i was just like uh is this something that i actually will need but i guess to get access to quality people now you you have to kind of stake something i guess is it is it changing the way we interact with friends as well maybe like even having to stake things to get into like the best groups around the world. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not like they invented pay communities. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of pay communities out there. I think like this is a new a new model because it's like not zero sum, not like you pay something, the manager gets something. It's more of like you pay something that you don't really pay because you still keep the value of it. And also you are contributing to the community. And, it's, and I've seen in general, like, when you are active on, on Friends with Benefits and start contributing value, they will sometimes give you tokens. So you're actually, like, contributing to grow the community in a sense. It's more like you are an, an investor of that group than you are purchasing access to the group, which is, I think, a really interesting model when mm-hmm. there are no payers. Yes, like, everyone is an investor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of framing it, to clarify. Yes, business. yes. Investing in your values, investing in, like, kind of the the ethics and aesthetics that you believe in like that's that's yeah superpower speaking of aesthetics have you bought many nfts yourself miguel or have you been mainly behind the screen crafting them i haven't yet i got like a few the thing is i love art but i think like i'm not the best collector for that because like Mm -hmm. if i get an nft it's mostly going to sit on my showtime and not really do anything i I'm more interested by the NFTs that actually do something aside from just being art. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, ENS domains are a great example. There's also mm-hmm. this project that I saw the other day called the Meta Key, which is like a project where there's an NFT that holds a key to many projects and apps. So mm-hmm. maybe you go into Decentral and then to, and that gives you access to a parcel or, or stuff like that. And just like as mm-hmm. a key, an NFT as a key of access, there's also Urbit, which is like a project for a decentralized open operative system, also cr- has like their entity as an NFT. So I'm more interested about, about things like that, which are like more technical and more enabling weird stuff. 
more than I am about like just regular art because I love to admire it, but I don't think like I'm the best person to hold your work when there are all uh, lots of other amazing collectors. I plan to start collecting more and still soon, but that, mm. but mostly I try to see like when I start collecting more stuff, I probably collect more of like slums and stuff like that or uh, stuff like that more more like something that you see as like regular art. Did you say slums? Yep. <laughs> yeah, slums is actually one of my friends before all this NFT stuff started from, I oh, knew him from Jensi Mafia. Oh, and wow. He started doing all these really crazy, like I think he minted a transparent pixel on Sora. Mm. And then he made a grid of like a million pixels, which were also transparent. And oh. then he made like a white rectangle which was like the Mona Lisa with a white rectangle in front of it. And then he made like a copyright symbol made above logos of all the Fortune 500 companies. Yes, to like mm-hmm. all the, um, there was like a lot of discourse about like what, what happens about we can't really enforce copyright on, on NFTs. Someone is going to come in and do copyright infringement. So he was like intentionally copyright infringing them as like a stunt. And then I actually ended up doing a piece with him that is held by the by 888 which is a great collector oh. um called time which is basically a video that is both a uh, one second and and more than a decade long at the same time and st- like oh. stuff like that to me which is more like yeah. dadaism or like more exploring the possibilities of the new medium and mm. really making you ask the question like is this art because like the thing is most of the people will see that and say it's not art but they then they can't really explain why it's not art, which is like something really interesting that makes you think about the concept of art and all those things. So when I start collecting NFTs, that's probably the kind of thing that I'm going to go for, because cool. that's the kind of stuff that I like. Amazing. And then maybe your quick thought on virtual lands and and displaying your NFTs there. Like, are you a big fan of crypto voxels or decentraland, or like where, where do you see that? plugging in i haven't really gotten that into the metaverse yet i have to get an oculus and start going through those things i feel like it's both going to be to go way more mainstream and also not as mainstream as people think like there are really interesting projects like obviously minecraft and all these games and also there are apps like branch which i don't know if you've seen it's like a virtual office which is kind of like a video game and you can walk around and stuff Mm -hmm. we use it at showtime and so those are really great use cases. So I think like there's room for now that we are working virtually and stuff like that to have like mm-hmm. decentralized office on Decentraland and stuff like that yeah, where people can cool. just work and, and call and stuff. But mm-hmm. also I think like we are not really going to see like some people are saying like, okay, so we are going to migrate from the real world to the built world and most people will be most of the day on Decentraland and stuff. I don't think that's really going to happen. I think like it's going to go big in gaming and go big in like office and stuff, maybe visiting friends and doing stuff like with them. And ideally, all those things are happening on the same universe and unified on the same app. Like a Fortnite metaverse, where for, you don't just play play Fortnite, you also go on a different map and like just work and how office is there and stuff. But it's all just kind of like the same world. I think like that's sure. something that we could see and that would be really interesting. Cool. Maybe it's a showtime world. I would love to ask, Mika, what are some of the personal tactics for you for finding balance? Because you've got all of this screen time going on, speaking of virtual worlds, you know, all of this intensive, like square eyes screen time. Yeah. Is there anything you have to say on the balance piece? <laughs> I mean, I'm really bad at it. We lit- I'm literally part of a group, a Telegram group that's, that is called Go the Fact to Sleep. And then we just, <laughs> like the meme there, it's like, yeah, we all, each tell, other to just fucking sleep. We all yeah. try to pressure, pressure each other to sleep, but we never sleep. Like uh, 90% of the messages on that group are like, oh, fuck, at 4 a.m. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that well. was literally me yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying, oh, fuck, at 4 a.m. And then someone said, I just woke up. And that person was on the same time zone as me. So like, that's <laughs> the thing. I'm not really, I've never been really great at it. I try to 
get at least six hours of sleep every day, which sometimes turn, presents a challenge. And also try to, I mean, having the office and the house separate helps because at least I have to walk mm -hmm. 50 minutes in, 50 minutes out to get here. Yes, hopefully I'm, I'm going to ideally be moving on September to Madrid. And I'm also going to be living with two of my best friends. So hopefully that will help with adding some balance. And even if I don't go outside as much, still having like these social contact and real life things, which are healthy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> you know, this telegram, was it started by obviously Web3 people? Like, is it a... Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It was like all the cabbage people again. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, that sounds that sounds so exciting about Madrid and actually having the culture. I mean, Madrid's such a core artistic city of the world. So I'm no doubt you'll get a lot of real inspiration. Inspo. Yeah, and can get to go to old world museums as well as the metaverse museums. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully in a few months we are going to be we will be able to travel and I can go to start going and meeting some of the Twitter people in real life which is also oh something gosh. I'm lo go yes. looking forward to. <laughs> yes. Can't wait to meet you in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the world. Taking the timeline out, expanding it beyond September, even to 2025, where do you hope to be in 2025? What do you hope to be doing or have done? I mean, working on something that is also fun, something I would even consider working on without having people pay me but also like being paid enough so that I don't have to worry about anything else and I can just spend my day working on cool stuff and then hanging out with people that I I love and that's about it like I don't think you really need that much and I almost have that already like all of all of the other things are really secondary I guess <laughs> like you can mm -hmm. once you have that you can have anything else really so true. So true. Simple life is yeah. the best life. Doesn't have to be that hard. Yes. Right on. Okay. So is it time? Is it time to do a quick fire round? It is. It oh. is indeed. Alrighty. So Miguel, you're just going to go with your gut and you're just going to say what springs to mind first when you hear these questions. Sure. Okay. MetaMask or Rainbow Wallet? Uh, Rainbow. Super Rare or Zora? Zora. Madrid or Barcelona? Mm, Madrid. Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces? Uh, Twitter Spaces. Croissant or Churros? Hmm. <laughs> I guess Croissant, because you can also like put chocolate inside and stuff. Yeah. Cano chocolate. Almond Croissant. Disclosure or Rack? Hmm. Rack. Hmm. Vacation in Ibiza or Tulum? I mean, Ibiza is boring. You know, like there's not that much to do in there aside from like getting drunk and going to the pits. So Tulum. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, jump in those cenotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. What about a Gen Z hackathon or a cross-generational hack? Uh, Gen Z. I think those are much... More interesting yeah. and funny. <laughs> uh, Picasso or Monet? Mm. Monet. Mm. Elon or Grimes? <laughs> mm. Grimes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and in three words, how would you describe the Miguel vibe? Should sleep more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Should do a haiku around that. Sleep haiku series. NFT that shit too. <laughs> Cool. Amazing. Well, this has been such a rad pleasure to converse from Aotearoa, New Zealand to what is the name of your town in Spain that you're in? Yeah, it's it's Oviedo. Ah. In the Asturias, right? Asturias yeah, region. On the, on the right north corner. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. Miguel, it's it's so cool to hear about your journey and what you're doing and what excites you the most at the moment. I'm super excited to meet you in person someday in the future and keep an eye on your projects because you're fizzing with so much energy for this yeah. space. It's really cool to see and hear about. So mm -hmm. thank you so much mm -hmm. for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Gracias por todo. Yo, I'm wondering what the hell I was doing at 19 years old. Oh my god, yes, yes. Major kind of like <laughs> moment of complete awe. Wonderment and awe, actually, mm. at Miguel. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Badass. Yes. I want to channel his hunger for learning, actually, because that's just so inspiring of how much he's not only teaching himself, but teaching others and just growing this learning journey in a super powerful way. Yeah, and I think it's another supreme example of how COVID has actually flicked the switch, meant he didn't go study at uni and took matters into his own hands and just went for it last Mm. year, Mm. which has resulted in him landing this super dope gig and just building stuff constantly. It feels like he's just churning. His mind is churning. He's ideating all the freaking time, which is so inspiring. Yes, yes. Don't stop, won't stop. Um, Also won't stop (sighs) circulating in the community. I loved his references to what's happened for him from a, from a community lens as well, like getting into Cabbage, meeting people there, meeting people more on Twitter, more on Telegram, and, it, and that kind of flywheel effect. And I think it's so pertinent to realise you can do, you can land a job through Twitter, you can get your new internet friends then meet them offline through twitter like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's you might even find a partner there's plenty of examples (laughs) of that happening too (laughs) thing is he already does have a girlfriend irl doesn't he um this is true and actually i loved how he wove her into the onboarding twitch live stream Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that was showcasing basically key questions that that Normies, aka people not super deep in crypto, often have when they're when they're trying to get to grips with what the hell Web three is. So tilted friends, we're coming for you. Who wants to, <laughs> who wants to be onboarded by yours truly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also we can we can throw in a lot of gamification here. Which another point which I really enjoyed hearing from Miguel was just how much more gamification we actually need to get true mainstream adoption. I mean, we're living. We're living a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're playing the game. We're playing the planet Earth game. Uh, <laughs> Whether we like it or not. Simulations. Simulations. Mm. Mm. Well, we hope you enjoyed that download. We definitely, definitely uh, did, and are still fizzing. So... May the fizz continue. Uh, may the creator tokens continue. Go buy some Miguel tokens. Yo. Yo. Get in early. Catch you next episode.